Hello, everybody, and welcome back to May 19th, 2020. It's another episode of Fan With, the Fanbyte podcast. We are here today to talk to you about video games and stuff coming at you real hot with a new episode fresh from the oven because I am the doughboy, Steven Strom, managing editor of Fanbyte.com. Oh, my God. That was so good. <laughs> I am joined by the uh, very excited Danielle Riendo, editor-in-chief of Fanbyte.com. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm very excited. I guess I'm uh, I, I'm like the keto dough, dough girl. I'm oh, good yeah? I'm that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, actually, Vicky has been making me, because I don't really cook, Vicky's been making me, like, amazing keto recipes lately, like keto lasagna, and we had keto burrito bowls yesterday. It was just awesome. Now, I want to come back to that because I have an important question that people are going to mock me for, but I do want to introduce John Warren, uh, editor at large Hi. at fanbyte.com. How are you doing? I, I'm all right. First of all, I just want to say you, you did an excellent recovery with the Doughboy intro. Mm. You started by saying welcome back to na- May 19th. That was good. Which, yeah. which <laughs> I, hey. can't, I can't stress enough. I love the idea that our demographic is the one time traveler in the world. That's like, <laughs> oh, thanks for welcoming me back to May 19th. I really love being here. This is a good date. Um, I also have questions about the keto food, although I bet they're going to go a bit deeper than what Steven's going to ask you. <laughs> no problem. John, you, you can't possibly know that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. My uh, my hunch is Steven's going to go, what is keto food? <laughs> now, Danielle, what is yeah. keto food again? Yeah, this is a phrase fine. that I am familiar with hearing over and over again. I know it's some kind of diet fad, but what is keto again? What is it specifically? So, so the first thing I need to say is that I'm not fully ketogenic. Uh, ketogenic refers to, there's a whole complicated thing. Basically, you eat more like healthy fats than... Uh, carbs. It's it's basically low carb. There, there's a whole thing. If you are fully ketogenic, you have something like less than 20 carbs a day in all the foods you eat, and uh, basically you start burning fat. Uh, you start sort of using your energy differently. It is good for certain types of weight loss. It's good for all kinds of things. A lot of athletes do it. I am not fully keto. I absolutely am not like all the way keto. So I always have to say like, I'm basically fake keto. I am just lower carb. I just don't eat a lot of high carb foods. Now, would you say that keto is basically a rebrand of the Atkins diet? It's a lot like it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Weirdly, I feel like so. I'm also a vegetarian. I'm like a very strict vegetarian, uh, and always have been. I'm not vegan. I'm not trying to be vegan, uh, but it felt to me like Atkins was super meat heavy and like uh, all meat, all eggs, all yeah. cheese. And I'm more like I eat fuckloads of cauliflower every day, like yeah. so much cauliflower. So like it's not like exactly the same, even though a lot of the principles I believe are supposedly the same. And like. Again, not an expert because I don't actually go fully keto. I just kind of, I kind of do the gentle way. Yeah. Like <laughs> just no low, just all the traditionally high carb foods I would eat. Like I have like low carb bagels and I eat low carb cereal, like all those things. And then I otherwise eat like a fairly normal human being. I eat yeah. a lot of veggies and uh, some beans, not a ton of beans because those can actually have plenty of carbs. But yeah, like uh, again, believe it or not, I actually think my lifestyle is other than the three workouts a day uh, at this point. Uh, other other than that, my lifestyle is fairly sane. I'm not like one of these like people who is truly obsessed with a lot of this stuff because I feel like that their 
lies madness. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but like in terms of a sustainable like lifestyle that's not crazy. I have cheat days. I have ice cream once or twice a week. Like I'm not anywhere near the way some people are where it's like I get brownies once a year and that's how I maintain my like perfect weight. I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, I have a weight class to maintain. Sorry, this is, I guess, content warning for weight. But like I am not uh, cutting weight and I am not like doing anything really wild with that stuff. So I try to keep it fairly reasonable. Right. Yeah. 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 Other than wearing weighted training clothes to prepare for your battle against Gara in the Chunin exams, you <laughs> live a totally normal lifestyle, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, the one punch man uh, routine of 40,000 squats or whatever. Yeah. Oh, no. Like. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> the, so the, the one punch man joke is that he does 100 squats, uh, runs like 100, uh, runs a mile and then uh, does 100 push ups. The whole joke is that he does like no work to become one punch man. Anyway, anime. Yeah, I was going to say that workout, that's not nothing. No. But that's not bad. But no, no, that's like the whole thing. It's like everybody, he tells that to people because they're like, what is your secret? And he's just like, he does this and it's like, that's a totally normal workout. It's a pretty normal workout. <laughs> Uh, no. you don't you don't need to t- sorry we're talking about food so much i, oh, I swear we'll stop but uh, i added a content warning so we're okay okay but uh <laughs> but like i did see listen vicky is amazing for vicky's incredible making yeah. you that food it is great yeah. i do want to say when it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've had doctors basically look at me and just ask this plain question, and it may not be an appropriate question, but it's one I've heard a lot, is how many white foods do you eat? And Oh, I see. And I was okay. kind of like, oh, yeah, I eat a lot of white foods, you know, like processed breads and like cheeses mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, just stuff that's generally bad for you. That keto lasagna was basically a white food uh, galore. Uh, that's that you the thing, posted. yeah. Sorry, I don't actually food? think everything I have is healthy. So what it was, the keto noodles are egg whites and cheese. That's what they are. Right. Yeah. That was basically a cheese casserole with a lot of delicious veggies it's and just sauce. Cheese and it. cheese and some sauce and cheese and cheese, like, cheese, sauce, a lot of carrots and yeah. I think some eggplant and some some other stuff and some kalamata olives, which are delicious. Right. Yeah. Now, um, but yeah, that's what Stephen. I wasn't talking about white food as in like white people food. I don't know what right. you thought. <laughs> I was literally the first thing that crossed my mind. Yes. No, 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 no. I mean, literally white. Like if it's, if it is, it, I, it might be a Southern doctor thing. Honestly, I have no idea, but it's like, that used to be a thing that I would hear doctors ask like kids that were growing up, like how many white foods do you eat? Because it's like, typically a white food does not have a lot of nutrients, which is kind of bogus. Cause like cauliflower is a white food, but like, they just mean like cheeses and bread and shit like that. Anyway. Yeah, like Hershey's cookies and cream. Exact, exactly. <laughs> the a cream full from bar that. Of yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, keto. No, I, I, I've heard hard. that. I've actually heard that before. So yeah, I, Ke- I don't. I don't know. It's southern keto is hard. I, I've tried it. Oh yeah, I, for, I, for me, it's a little hard. I'm not even going near it because I love fruit so much. Yeah, fruit. Like so I good. love fruit. Yeah. I love. Um, what else that totally would actually break? It, I've looked, I've looked at it just briefly and was like, no, that's not worth this. Like, yes, if I do have to like genuinely go down a weight class for some crazy reason at some point in my life, like I will do this again, yeah. maybe. But like in the meantime, it's not worth being miserable for no reason. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm already a vegetarian. I'm already like 
uh, I already have relatively not few options, but there's already a lot of things I just kind of don't right. need. So yeah, you know. Stephen, how are you? I'm good. I so the reason that we got on this topic, I feel like <laughs> I think that I might be the locus for this one is because <laughs> I I keep fucking forgetting what it's called. Jesus Christ. Um, I started making focaccia. Focaccia. Uh, focaccia. It's a me, focaccia. That's who it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm... <laughs> uh, so, you out people out there in the world, our listeners and the people on this podcast in point of fact, might have noticed that there is a sudden fad right now going around about, like, people <laughs> doing sourdough starters all the sure. time. Oh, yeah. yeah. They have, they have a lot of time to feed the beast because they're a lot on. of time. Yeah. yeah. And I've heard arguments made for like, well, keeping uh, flour in your home is way more space effective than keeping in just like lots and lots of bread and just buying more bread all the time. Yeah. Um, which I find now that I have went out and bought a bunch of extra stuff for it, debatable because I will say <laughs> before I had to buy all the shit that I need to make focaccia, I could have just bought a loaf of bread and done that part and not had six new plastic shit oh no he forgot oh no they forgot one of the containers oh i forgot one of the containers oh no um no it's not a huge deal or anything like that i was having a lot of trouble uh transferring i was making focaccia i was having a lot of trouble transferring the dough part into the bowl where it was going to rise in my fridge overnight yes um, and I just realized I bought a bowl specifically for this purpose and instead used a much smaller bowl that I had a lot, a lot of trouble stirring the dough into beforehand. And I could have saved myself a lot of trouble by simply using the bowl that I bought today instead yeah. of that. You know what? Live and learn. The next Live time. And, and, and this is like not like I, I mean this in, in so much earnestness. Like I'm not I'm not making fun of you. You yeah. are going to make so many dumb ass mistakes when you start to do like <laughs> cooking. That oh, you, yeah. You're going to feel like a complete useless mess just by oh. doing un- like I've mixed up sugar and salt before that old chestnut. I have just like straight up like misread a recipe and added half a cup of something when it needed literally two cups. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, made an. Uh, the the cl- the classic John Warren move is to make a week's worth of food and eat it once. Eat one. Yeah, day. yeah. I mean, yeah, like yeah. the most wasteful garbage. So, like you messing up which bowl to use. Listen, you're th- this is you're you're in good shape. I think you're doing cool. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I made much worse mistakes along the way in there, mostly around the whole, like, a stirring process, because I started doing this way too late in the day, we needed to get in here and record a podcast, and I was just, like, fucking rushing in there with my hands deep in the dough, trying to, like, get this stuff, so a lot of flour got left on the counter, and let's say the floor, and inside of a drawer, and my hands, and probably on a cat, so, you know, the portions might be slightly (laughs) off now. Now that it's actually like in the thing. The other thing too is when you put this is the first time I've ever dealt with yeast in any capacity. Oh, yeah. Um, so like the thing on I'm using Bone App uh, for the first time. Also, this is the first time I've ever done anything with them. Um, the the reason I'm doing this specifically with focaccia is because I looked at the sourdough starter uh, because that's the thing everybody wants, I guess. Right. And it sounded way too complicated, so I instead googled Bone App. Bon Appetit for people who may or may not know. Uh, easiest bread. <laughs> it <Yeah>. was just <laughs> what came up. Yeah. Focaccia is easy, but it's still bread. Like, bread is, like, yeast is weird. Those little, 
those little guys eat, they gotta eat and if yeah if they don't eat right then the bread don't the bread not good so then yeah. you don't eat right you know exactly yeah. if they don't eat it right i don't eat right you're exactly. right exactly yeah. that's true uh, focaccia is quote easy but like it's good it's not like it looks good yeah it's it's good it's, it's good bread um but yeah so like i was dealing with the yeast stuff and i got that all mixed together and let it sit for five minutes and they were like in the instructions leave this sitting until it looks frothy or creamy and I looked at it, and it didn't look like it changed at all compared to when I left it there for five minutes before then. But I also compared it to the video that they showed or the GIF that they have on the website, and it looked exactly the same as what they had. So I was like, mm, this is probably fine. That's the, still the part that I'm wor- most worried about, though, going into yeah. this. That's where my anxiety is going to be. <sighs> anyway, um, It'll that's be okay. why we're... Give us a oh, okay, yeah. support this week. I want to you yeah, want to hear about that. Totally. That. I'm going to let it sit overnight to yeah. set 8 to 24 hours. I'm just going to let it get real real good and nasty yeah. in there. Just get that good bacteria. You're supposed to do that with my favorite chocolate chip cookie dough recipe is like let it sit overnight in the fridge. Oh. Yeah. But uh mm, yeah. guess who never does that cuz I'm always yeah. like, no, me want cookie now. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. The cookie yeah. monster? What's what's the cookie monster doing? <laughs> I can't believe we got the cookie Hi. monster on the show. Yeah, That's we got like the minions guess. on another podcast earlier today. And we now we've got the cookie the, monster. <laughs> we did get the minions on another uh, podcast today. So. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I can't that, wait. Everyone. Yeah. is just becoming a real star-studded guest show appearance <laughs> fest right now. Uh, we've got other plans for a podcast that we do about chairs now, I guess, is a yeah. thing that we do permanently. <laughs> it, it, it's it's at least a, uh, as as of at least my notes uh, in my head, I think a four episode uh, series oh, wow. so far. So yeah, really sitting on that one for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Danielle. <laughs> wow. That's why she's editor in chief. Yeah. That's, that's she. She defeated me in in pun combat. <laughs> oh Jesus! I love it. So proud. So yeah, we're going to do probably another shorter thing this week too. We got a couple of people taking a well-deserved rest day. That's why you're maybe not hearing all the voices that you're most used to on this podcast, except for me, who has never missed an episode of Fan with the Fanboy podcast. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. I don't think I have. People can write us in at podcast at fanbite.com to tell me if I'm lying or not, but I'm pretty sure that we've never done an episode without me. Um, at some point, Stephen, you're going to have to take a vacation. And I think what we should do so that your streak stays alive mm-hmm. is we just record about an hour and a half of you going like, ah, mm-hmm. And we'll just we'll oh, good point. put that in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm since we we record our tracks locally. I'm just trying to sneak it in now, so we can just isolate everything that I've just been uh-huh. saying now. Oh yeah, just cut get that, that in. up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, yeah. Y'all want to talk about video games? So we just want to get right into it because we're probably going to do a shorter app this week, we like last that, week, yeah. I think, as well. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I know Danielle, you had something you wanted to talk about. Yeah. I do. I uh, I can be pretty brief. John, I know you have a hard out, though, if you want to go first. No, no, no. No, my hard out is over an hour from now. I just wanted to... No, I'm good. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. no problem. Uh, yeah, so I played uh, the beta version of a game I actually played at PAX called Drake Hollow. Uh, oh, and yeah, of course, I, I have to I have to add the the little disclaimer that I'm I'm friendly with those folks. They're not like my best friends or anything, but like, yeah, I, I like you know have have had a, a friendly conversation with those folks. So that's the full disclosure. 
et cetera, et cetera, uh, with the folks at the Molasses Flood who are ex-Bioshock devs, actually, mostly ex-2K uh, and uh, irrational folks. Uh, so it's a survival game, uh, much like, well, not much like, but in the vein of their previous game, which is The Flame and the Flood. Uh, and that game was a really cool sort of survival proc gen thing. You were this little girl who had, I think she had like a dog friend yeah, and you were yeah, on a boat yeah. and you, you went to like randomly generated islands uh, full of, you know, things you might have to fight a little bit and crafting supplies and stuff like that. Just a cool game. Uh, and this is also a survival game, but it looks very different. It actually looks... A little, um, I want to say like Fortnite and Psychonauts a little, yeah, a little bit. Okay. It has a cartoony feel to it. Uh, the whole point here is that you are in this post-apocalyptic world, which I guess is kind of the semi-Fortnite bit of it. Uh, <laughs> and it's 3D models, and it, you look like a human being, I guess. <laughs> and uh, you are sort of running around and finding these little critters called drakes, which are these adorable plant creatures. They kind of live in the ground, and once you kind of pull them up, you befriend them. They give you lots of buffs. There are drakes that give you, like, you know, defense to your little base or extra, you know, regen your health faster and, and kind of things like that. So the game kind of has uh, generally two phases, one where you're out exploring, you're grabbing uh, supplies to feed and keep your drakes, uh, like, you have to make them little, like, sleeping bags, like these little cute areas to sleep on. You have to give them little entertainment uh, stuff like that, basically keep them happy, uh, and you kind of make a bunch of stuff at a base, and then you go out exploring. Uh, you sort of explore the world, this sort of, like, messed up looking uh, apocalyptic world, a very cartoony, that's, I guess, where the kind of Fortnite feeling comes from, and then every now and then, at sort of set intervals, there's a raid on your base, where bad guys come, they also look sort of adorable, even though one of them does look a little like the uh, main villain from, uh, main villain, but... The creature, I guess, from Stranger Things in the first season. Oh, the Demogorgon? Demogorgon? Yes, the Demogorgon. It's like a slightly, like, deformed, cute (laughs) version of that. And then these little, like, piggy beasts that that are red and black that that come and try to kill you. Everything's very cute, I have to say. Everything's very, like, sort of soft-edged, you know, sort of cartoonish looking, uh, pretty cute. Uh, so yeah, there's those kinds of phases of the game. You're building, you're crafting, you're surviving, and then there's a kind of melee combat. There are also ranged weapons in the game, and they're all kind of goofy. There are things like, oh, a chair leg, or a ski, or a, you know, a ski pole, or things like that. Uh, so yeah, kind of keeping in that tone of being pretty goofy and pretty cute. Uh, it's relatively challenging, even though, again, this is just the beta uh, at this point, but there's not that much of a sort of... Um, like a, a penalty for death at this oh, point. Okay. You, you can kind of just respawn and and you can, like, you spirit walk to your body or you can kind of respawn at your base. Oh, it nice. has corpse runs? It has WoW style corpse does. runs? It super does. Yeah, and huh. also, I guess another thing I should mention is that the world is sort of flooded in this, like, toxic gas. It's called ether or whatever, something like that. And you kind of need these little gems that you can craft to just traverse it. I am early on... I'm assuming, and I'm pretty sure things will get a little more sophisticated with that, um, because it, it seems like there's a pretty big tech tree in crafting gems ah. and crafting stuff like that. Uh, but right now, you know, the first few hours, I played about three hours last night. It's a pretty satisfying loop. I really like the way it looks. I like the way it feels. And it's, yeah, it's cute. 
it's it's like a very cute kind of experience. Again, at least thus far, if I find out that the Drakes are secretly, you know, eating my mom or something, that that's that's different. But uh, as I hate it to stands, see that classic twist, you know? Yeah, you hate to see it. Don't eat, don't eat my mom. They were eating that's your mom the whole time. It's like that's all I ask. I don't feel like that's asking much. Don't eat my mom. All right, don't eat my mom. Uh, but I, yeah, it's it's a it's a cool game. I'm digging it so far. I'm playing it on Xbox thus far. Okay, cool. Yeah. I am looking at screenshots of it now, and it really does, as, especially when you, like, mix in your description of, like, there's a weird miasma around everyone, you know, like yep. a storm. It really <laughs> does sound very Fortnite. Like, not Fortnite, the new fight in Fortnite that everybody thinks of when they think Fortnite. No, it sounds like, one. yeah, it sounds old like what Fortnite's Fortnite started yeah. as. OG Fortnite, PvP mode, yeah. Yeah, or which P- was I mean, yeah. PvE mode, pretty fucking me. cool, actually. I don't know. I I thought that mode was mm. pretty fucking cool. Yeah, age. I oh, I, I had something to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I put I put about ten hours into it at some point. So yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, right before it came out, I was like, oh, this is cool, and then I didn't think about it again until Drake uh, was streaming it, and then of yep. course everything happened. Yep, 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 yep. This is cool, though. This is not what I... I don't know why it is in my head. I Like, the Drakes here seem to be basically, like, cartoonish version of Mandrakes, like, fantastical Yes, Mandrakes. very much so. Right. Yeah. But they're my, cute and they don't scream. Which is okay. Cool. That's good. <laughs> no, they do eat your mom, but they don't scream. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not, like... I don't know that that shrill, terrible scream from the the Harry Potter Mandrake no. Uh, dealio. No, they're they're adorable and they're playful and they give you gifts. I don't know. I love them. I think they're awesome. It's not just because I, you know, my dog's name is Drake. Yeah, of course. Very cute. I, I I don't know why in my head I thought this whole game was about like raising dragons, like raising cute little cartoon oh, dragons, raising like Drake. Drakes. And I don't know yeah. why. I don't know. I, I could have. I think I walked past the Drake Hollow booth at PAX. Uh, what was that? East PAX East. 2020 earlier yeah, this year 17 years ago yep, uh, seven two months years ago, ago. Uh, yeah this last february which was seven years ago yeah uh I, I think i walked past it and also saw a game with cute cartoon dragons next to it and oh. just like in my brain those two things became conflated because this is not at all what i remember this game being yeah it I, that's fair um i yeah I don't know. I, I dig the style here. I dig the style. I dig the gameplay. There's also something I wanted to mention about the tone of Molasses Flood games. Obviously, there's only mm. kind of two at this point, but there's like a real like sweet sadness yeah. actually to kind of the music and the Flame and the Flood had that tone of like you're 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 the only one kind of left in the world and and you're okay and you're doing all right you know you're surviving and you have your animal pal kind of thing and that's kind of also going on here. I'm sure there are probably other humans and yes there is multiplayer i just haven't played it yet because i don't really like playing a lot of games with mm-hmm. random people yeah shocking i know uh but it, there is a multiplayer mode uh and i think you can like you know uh do all kinds of things with that as well but there is like playing it solo there is a really appealing kind of thing about like i'm the only person here but i have my little animal buddies and they're gonna help me and i'm gonna protect them and there's a real i don't know they, some of the music is very like wistful and, and kind of sad and, and, and very pretty and I, I just sort of dig that in this type of game like there there should be a little bit of sadness to this kind of oh well you know the world ended and things aren't so great but I'm doing what I can uh, that I just really dig I really like that nice uh, have you played a lot of other survival games in the past I played so much Don't Starve when it first came oh, out wow. okay. I played really? a lot of Don't Starve uh, I think I reviewed it when it was on like the Google Chrome Store. <laughs> wow. Which is where that originally came out. Is it really? The precursor to Google Stadia. The only, the only platform that's gone backwards. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jesus. To be honest. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, like but that. you can't play Bastion on Stadia, as far as I know. So, mm-hmm. fair. Oh well. I, oh boy, I did not. I had no idea that that game launched on Google Chrome. I think so. I, I could be wrong. I absolutely could be wrong. I just remember it launched on something very weird. Yeah. And then became like you know a, a nice like a kind of a bit of a hit for them for. Clay, oh, so. yeah, that game is huge. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a massive hit. Yeah, uh, I, which is kind of a bummer to me personally because I like all the games that they make that aren't huge hits, <laughs> like yeah, that. I mean, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Mark of the Ninja is amazing. It's a it's a classic. Um, Invisible Ink is also that's kind of my oh, go to. Of course, yeah. I still haven't played it, which sucks, and I know I need oh, to. Danielle, you would love yeah, Invisible Ink. Probably you know, like I think Austin like gifted it to me before, yeah. in, in like just knowing I would love it. And it's just something I haven't gotten to yet, but I I absolutely need to are you scared yeah. are you scared to get into it i mean like look at what happened to me and in into the bridge the yeah, only I know, reason i haven't I'm put saying. another thousand hours into that is because i've put a 500 hours into animal crossing lately <laughs> yeah. so it's like it saved me for myself in whatever <laughs> method right <laughs> yeah no i get it yeah i mean as somebody who not necessarily with the same kinds of game as as you but i sure. definitely have a very big problem with getting like massively obsessed with like a too many games, honestly. Like yeah. Yeah. Warframe, Destiny, Dota, many, many, many different games like that. Like it's tough too because when we're in times like this and there's not a ton of new games coming out, it's so easy to fall back into that old comforting stuff that you know is just oh, yeah. gonna be keeping you up till four in the morning for way too much time, honestly. Like way too yeah. many days. Or just playing it just in the background all the time. Mm-hmm. Like some <laughs> of us might do. <laughs> You know. Dan- Danielle says, as we hear the sound of a bug being stepped on by a mech <laughs> during this podcast recording. Be like, yes, I got him with this <laughs> wild combination. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, anything else? That's pretty much, I mean, it's that in Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. Any, anything new in Animal Crossing happening? Uh, I built a track uh, with a gym in it for my animals to run on. Uh, they don't oh. know it's a track, though, because it's really just kind of like a dirt. okay but i do have really nice gym equipment in it there's a basketball hoop there's a kettlebell there's a pull-up tower and there's one of those cute um like very colorful uh it looks like it's probably more for a kid but whatever uh like jungle gym thing so yeah this is a beautiful i would love to have this in real life so you know i made it for my my animal friends uh that's fun yeah that's nice to be like that kind of shit yeah (laughs) yeah there, is there another event going on? I could have sworn I saw there was another stamps. thing. Stamps? Yeah, Yeah, stamps. I haven't really done it yet. Vicky did it and said it wasn't super There's There's, n- there's like not much to it, I don't think, right? You just like yeah, go... That's what I've heard. You just kind of go around the museum and get oh, stamps. Great. That's that's the Epcot method. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, uh, I think the headline I saw for it, I want to say this is Polygon, so I'm co- I hope I'm correctly attributing this. Like... I fell off Animal Crossing basically immediately, so I haven't been following it too heavily myself, but I think this, the one thing I saw about this was uh, the new Animal Crossing event is short but not very sweet, which is <laughs> nice and pithy. Yeah, nice. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where I, I'm almost wondering at this point if um, <sighs> that team feels like they've got almost like a quota of events that they have to yeah. hit. Yeah. Which like doesn't and to me it's someone who got kind of into New Leaf but bounced off and then got pretty in New Horizons for like two weeks and then bounced off pretty hard. 
Um, yeah. I, I'm kind of like, well, I guess the events feel like a reason to get back into it. But in the case of the eggs, in, in the case <laughs> of the stamp stuff, oh, like, yeah. it was kind of maybe a reason for me to not log in for a little while. And yeah. And I'm like, maybe y'all should just do like all bangers, just all banger yeah. events, like the just ones good that ones. are. No, I mean, I got no. That sounds really silly, and that's not like. Uh, productive but do fewer feedback. if it'll make them better, right? Yeah, but yeah. like, yeah, just like cut your necess your needed amount of events down by like thirty percent and see what it does to like the quality. Because I don't know, like. I guess maybe they're saying, okay, well, it's slice of life. Like, not everything in this slice of life, just like real life, is exciting. And, you know, to that I sure. say, yeah, you're right. But also, I'm f- fuck off. Like, I, you know, like, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, like, oh, well, life is sometimes kind of not what you want. And I'm like, okay, well, this video game doesn't have to be that. But, okay. Yeah. yeah that's fine. Um I think for me, too, part of that is that a lot of things that I like that are slice of life focused, like anime and manga and yeah. even some like JRPGs and stuff like that. Slice of life is usually intercut and the things that aren't necessarily bangers aren't necessarily important or whatever or don't feel important are more character driven in a way that Animal Crossing is not. Animal Crossing, to me, seems like a game that is very much systems driven at the end of the day, if we want to get right down to it. Like, it's a game where you are... Uh, where a lot of people can, not saying that every single person who plays it this way, or who plays it, plays it this way, but it seems like a lot of the people who play this game just really want to tear apart every little, like, mathematical system. How do how does flower breeding work? How do I get the best things from red? How do I, I don't know, find all of the rocks? I gotta set up these holes behind me so the rocks fall in exactly the right spot because I need to get these many rocks before XYZ day. And the game is set up to support that, but also try to obfuscate it because they basically don't want people to play the game that I think the hardest core fans of Animal Crossing want to play it. And it gets into this weird sort of fandom divide, at least, again, from me, mostly from the outside looking in, where people are like, no, you're playing it wrong. You can't just, like, do everything in the first week. And then other right. people are like, ha-ha, pickaxe, go brr. And- <laughs> uh, I, I don't... I don't understand uh, much of either instinct. I'm playing this very much like I've played previous ones, and I'm enjoying that there are new features. Like, I actually am enjoying the uh, this terraforming more than I thought I would. Yeah. Because um, I, I sort of found out about it, you know, went through an arc with it, thought, like, oh, that's so cool, and then thought about, like, no, the thing that's good about this game is that it is pretty random, and you don't have that much control, and you're just kind of controlling these little tiny variables in your life and, and just doing these little things every day. Like, this game is very much like a little meditation for me. This is like mm. a very fun and sweet and gentle little place to go and just tidy some things up and make some things and, you know, just look at pretty things. It's very chill, and yeah. uh, that's how I enjoy playing it. I also know some people tore through it yeah. uh, and played it like speedrunning, which, you know, if people like that, that's fine. It's... It's weird to me. Like, that doesn't really compute in my brain, even though I know I also probably played it way more at first than I would have if it weren't, you know, quarantine time. And it came around just at that perfect time for that. Yeah. It's also... mm, It's also not the game for a lot of people, and I think a lot of people kind of tried to make it the game for them Mm. uh, because it was, like, the thing that came out and everybody was playing it, and it was, like, so much fun, and people were using it as a social platform in a lot of ways, uh, which is fascinating 
uh, but also not really the game this has always been. I yeah, don't know. I, I, I really don't know with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that so hard, just from the stance of, like, obviously Nintendo knew that there would be kind of social and online components to this, but this one feels so aggressively uh, social in its, like, in its execution. And I, I think, Danielle, I think you and I honestly occupy, like, a pretty similar mindset where like it, all things equal i do not want to play a game with other people i i really don't you pretty much never i, I really don't <laughs> like i'm I, I, yeah. honest honest to god i don't um yeah. and and i've said this before on a, a, maybe another show but like um the animal crossing like online ux is is like inexcusably bad i mean is is so bad i and and i don't want to get into like the fucking dumb politics of like i can't believe how good these reviews were but like the fact that this wasn't a bigger deal that people latched onto when this game first came out yeah really tells me a lot about like maybe how most people play it and also just like the space we're willing to give a game that means so much to our like hearts yeah in order to like yeah. look past this that piece of design and execution is one of the worst things I've seen in a video game in a long time. And it's I'm terrible. that's not an exaggeration. It is one of the worst things. And they they you know it, it's it's as bad as Smash not really working with netcode. Like it's yeah. Yeah. it's one of those things that is just uh, like baffling to me that they're not investing as a company one of the biggest companies in the world not investing in making sure that their online experiences are like right not yeah. even not even perfect but like up to date mm-hmm. um and halfway it's, decent yeah and <laughs> yeah and, th- and that I, and that really did kind of suck some of the air out of the game for me is that like yeah i wanted to like do things like i don't know have like late lunch episodes or basically in animal crossing like that was a lot of fun and like doing little like fun group activities and stuff but like when the ux is so abysmal it just it it is it it caused me to want to not you know almost maybe blow up my island like purge my (laughs) friends list and like not tell anyone about it yeah yeah that's interesting to me because like i for me i think that this is a, a thing that happens and I don't want to paint with too broad a brush here because I don't want to like just say like this entire group of people is wrong or that this only happens with this style right. of game specifically. But I feel like this is one of the last great bastions of this kind of um, really effusive praise coming from basically all corners, including uh, critics, basically mm, across the board is with Nintendo games still. Right. Sure. Um, and I think sometimes that's kind of deserve it. I think. Breath of the Wild is still just an absolute masterpiece. Even if it's not my favorite game of all time, I think that game is just really, really, really interesting. And any shortcomings it has are, you know, they pale in comparison to the thing that that game achieves. I feel like this and Fire Emblem Three Houses and a lot of other Nintendo games in the past, but like in terms of like recent-ish big Nintendo releases or whatever, I feel like so many things get overlooked uh, when it comes to a lot of these things because especially Nintendo is a company that A, has a lot of nostalgia for people and B, repeatedly fucks up things like online functionality and systems and stuff like that over time. They they need to hire the like UX people of, I don't know, like what's a, what's a great online experience? I'm trying to think of like a great (laughs) online experience, but like, 
they really need to hire like UX folks and like netcode folks and just yeah. like just just folks to basically like take these properties that do like Fire Emblem Three Houses does a lot of things that made me feel very good, but the like a lot of the menu management, which surprise yeah. a lot of that game is menu management, <laughs> um, was not very good for me. And going going into town every week in that game and buying every single kind of fishing bait that that was bad. It that sucks. Was bad. That's bad design. Um, yeah, there. It, like I get it because what what happens is that Nintendo does so many important things well that it's yeah. really it is really 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 understandable in a way that folks would just be like, well, you know, all the stuff is so good. But like, I guess that's the part that I don't feel like I saw was like a lot of people being like, hey, day one, just so you know, yeah. this online experience is is dog shit. And, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and it never, it's, it's never gotten better and it won't get better. That's because it's Nintendo. Yeah. And we've, we've seen track records with this. Look at super Mario maker too. Yeah. Know? I mean, that's See, a, another that's a, game that was handled so I, poorly. And, and this is, this is funny. Um, I've experienced, uh, super Mario maker two. I played it a lot the first couple weeks it was out, uh, but I've experienced it mostly through Patrick Klepek and like, yeah. And just a lot of his kind of like, uh, not even necessarily reporting, but just kind of like, you know, tweeting and blogging about just like, um, what is up with that game. And yeah, like, I, you know, every time a big update would come out, it was just like, well, why wasn't this part of the package to begin with? Yeah. Like, why is, is there still not any good sorting options in that game? Why, why oh. did it take two entire games for the end and DLC later for them to get this stuff right? Why I mean, couldn't they? Yeah. I'm having I'm having like like PTSD symptoms thinking about like finding a level I want right now like yeah. like that that is like yeah. it it is a, it is a terrible experience finding just what you're looking for in these online marketplaces that Nintendo sets up so it's just it's frustrating it's infuriating yeah. yeah 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 I have to say as the least online person here yeah uh, well. I, for gaming, maybe yeah. not for other things in life, <laughs> but for games, like for sure. Like I, I, God, me and multiplayer games, like again, famously, very, very, very vanishingly few games I've gotten into. Uh, I've almost played, this is probably the most I've ever played anything online on a Nintendo console by a factor of like 40. Yeah. Uh, like, and it's not good. It's not good at all. It, it, like, I, I, there's nothing I can say to defend it. I guess. Maybe there's just people like me out there who, when you play Nintendo games, you, you're not expecting anything yeah. online, and you just, again, this is not excusing it or defending them. I, fuck that. It, they're a massive corporation. But I guess I just don't expect shit, and I don't know what to expect, because yeah. I'm not informed, frankly, about what good, you know, online UI looks like, or feels like, or anything like that. All I can do is watch those wistful you know, videos that are like, our new update that are very like professional looking and, and well-produced that are like, look at all these changes to the UI and be like, well, that'd be nice. <laughs> and then I just, I'm the problem because I just boot up the game again and I'm like, well, you know, I guess I'll just, <laughs> you know, get a bunch of fish again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which is I mean, all to say, it's a roundabout way of saying, I think I might just be the problem. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I think I think you definitely like hit on a a salient point, which is... Um, if you don't 
if you can kind of separate your play experience from what you're seeing other people do and when we saw a lot of pieces that came out right after animal crossing came out that yeah kind of spoke to this about like okay yeah basically like the the online experience of watching people play this game is actually in some ways like making this less fun for me yeah um, sure which like you know uh there are ways to <laughs> this goes back to like the spoiler stuff of just like me being online makes me sad i'm like okay well you know you don't have to be online all the time yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah so like part of me is like you know reads those takes that i'm kind of like yeah i mean like you gotta just kind of you know police your own situation and that and that uh, stand in that standpoint but i think like that is yeah. a lot of it for me was watching my expectations of what a finished like island or situation or like oh or like the snapshots of good interactions that players were having online me going man okay that looks so easy because i'm seeing a still image of it on a twitter account (laughs) and then and then i'm like playing the game and i'm like ah beans this is gonna take like 15 hours and once it's done i'm gonna have to go through this terrible online process to actually like do the thing with my friends so like this this is a no-go and like just the stock market and a bunch of like the the villager like inventory and trading stuff is like so fascinating as a just an element of this industry of like creating such a complicated system with such an uncomplicated game um (laughs) but like i don't but i'm not into it you know like that i don't want that i i actually push back against that kind of description of it too though because i think i think it's actually like a very complicated game yeah it's it's just a game that tries at its damnedest to obfuscate all of those complications and that's why you end up with like that's why you end up with, like, huge spreadsheets of people figuring out, like, okay, you look at those fucking crossbreeding flower guides or whatever, and it's like, Nintendo's like, no, we want it to be a magical surprise when it happens. But at its heart, it's just a fucking math game. It's a numbers game of, like, where things attach to each other, because that's how game development works. Right. And in any situation where you do that, and if you, especially if you have a large group of people who are very passionate about a thing, which people are for Animal Crossing, because this game did fucking gangbusters. Oh it's so, oh, yeah. so much fucking copies. There is going to be a large contingent of people who are going to pick that shit apart, share data with each other, then pick apart that data and, like, cross-reference everything together in a way that, like, that's just how the internet works at this point. That's how video games work. And Nintendo doesn't it's not even that they haven't caught up with it it, in the case of animal crossing it feels like they don't want people to catch up with it and so they will do everything in their power to make sure that people that it is difficult to catch up with it instead of just kind of leaning into it and making it fun so that's why everybody has to sit there and watch a 30 minute cutscene of people arriving on their island and they aren't allowed to mine or dig holes or do anything because you have to sit here and watch the airplane arrive and the dodo people (laughs) wave at you every single time and oops (laughs) your connection timed out and it was all for nothing start again right (laughs) get another code um yeah (sighs) like i i agree with you yes it it is obviously a game with a ton of interacting systems that we don't see and yeah you're right those systems are complicated in a way that um you know the game tries to hide that stuff but like i think it just depends on the kind of player you are obviously where it's like uh nintendo says like oh yeah well we just you know 
you know, like we want it to be a surprise when you accidentally plant two flowers next to each other and then you get a third that does, you know, that looks totally different. Like that, that describes me, like my kind of play style of like, yep. But everyone online is like just constantly posting fucking like Mindel squares or whatever of yeah. like, <laughs> of just like how to do these how to do these pollination techniques and and like Natalie Watson yesterday thumbing through the companion guide that she got in the mail and it was just like it's just catalogs and inventories and just like every single item in the game cataloged every single you know, whatever and like if you are that player bless you bless your heart like that <laughs> that is that is a that is a totally valid and interesting way to play this game but it seems like it's so it's such a the most vocal crowd of animal crossing players are those players right now yeah and it is it, it is i i can't i can't bring myself to not pay attention to it but it is also maybe sucked my enjoyment out of the game yeah it's it my makes fault. The- it's my fault but it's like like i i do feel like that has happened a bit to me the game is already, honestly, more difficult to approach than I think a lot of people will acknowledge. And yeah. on top of that, it feels more unapproachable because you feel so behind or so, uh, I don't know, out of the loop with a bunch of people. And there's so many... And again, to kind of get back to my original point about this, I feel like this is... Like, Nintendo games very often are, like, some of the last bastions of people in the mainstream games press, kind of closer to what we do. Being very much ready to uh, man the barricades and say like, "Well, no, you just don't understand it. You yeah, just don't. Sure. You don't get it. Yeah. You just don't get it. It's just no. It's got. You're not behind. Just like your your experience with this game, the way that you feel about it is wrong, and you should actually just uh, like uh, your your FOMO is is fake and made up, and you should just be happy to play the game how you're playing it right now behind right. everybody else and not being able to, I don't know, go traffic Raymond like everybody else is uh, like <laughs> right now." And not be part of that conversation because I don't want to hear anything bad about my game that I like. And again, I'm I'm trying not to paint with too broad a brush on this because obviously people have complained about the stuff. People uh, people have uh, done that stuff, uh, like done articles about problems with the game. But I feel like with Nintendo stuff, a lot of the time that stuff takes a long time. That that conversation takes way longer to turn than it necessarily does with a bunch of other games. Um, yeah. And I think it took things in this case like Egg Day because it was such a disaster, honestly, to get yeah. a lot of people to kind of change their tune on some of the stuff and really, really highlighted some of the problems with the game from there on. Um, and I don't want to like like tear away anybody's enjoyment of it either. Like I don't want to just be a cynic who thinks that every game is bad actually or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's just, mm, there is something about it sometimes. It's like when it, like the old example of how I used to feel about this stuff as somebody who works in this games industry is when uh, it's that fucking image of the, I think it's the IGN guys or whatever who are like just losing their shit crying because a new Zelda game was announced and like oh, I don't yeah. I don't think I've ever quite shooken that or shaken that I don't know, kind of like instinctive, reflexive repulsion at the just total fanboyishness that can come with Nintendo stuff sometimes. Yeah. Did you did you grow up with like Nintendo as kind of like a a, a like a cornerstone for you or not? Not really. No, and I think that's I, I think a big that, part that's of it. So much. Yeah. Of it. That's so much <laughs> yeah. of it because because like I, I am I am somewhere probably in between what you're saying and what those like like when Breath of the Wild two was announced. 
uh, I had a I had a terrible migraine. It was a Tuesday at E3, and mm-hmm. and I, I sat in that room, and it was the only point of that day I, I experienced joy. Like the only point. <laughs> um, yeah. Was that and, the day you slept in the van? Yes, yeah, so that was the day I slept for oh. about an hour and a half oh. in my van because <laughs> it was I was in so much pain. Um, yeah. in the parking garage at the LA Convention Center. Uh, I'm so sorry. That, it's, it's, it's like, okay. The thing you just described is the most E3 thing. <laughs> I, I know. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. Uh, I drove I drove a car full of mostly excited, uh, fresh-faced people to the LA Convention Center and then just For said, their first E3! Yeah, I just said... Right? Wasn't it like was two Nikki's people's first E3? First E3? Nikki's first yeah. E3. And I was basically, oh get the fuck God. out of my car. I'm going to go to sleep. And, uh, <laughs> I think I had like... Uh, I think it was the fucking Dying Light 2 demo. Yeah. Where they gave out these just... I always hate this shit. I hate... Because I never know where to put it. I don't want it anyway. But I also don't want to just throw it away. I don't know. I feel so rude if I don't like take these massive tchotchkes that people will try to give you during some of these demos. I know I sound like the most ungrateful piece of shit in the world like saying like oh poor you you got free stuff uh but the dying light 2 demo gave away these like fucking six foot tall statues no, that, of that, aiden pierce unforgivable to me <laughs> yeah to do that. And, and you literally couldn't not m- at least interact with them because they were sitting on the seats that you had to sit down in to sit at the demo so you had to pick them up and put them in your lap or it's under like your a seat social experiment please we yeah. found that uh, if people uh, physically interact with our objects, they feel a more of a sense of like kinship to them, more like a child that they need to protect and take care of. And they'll take our weird statue of this iconic <laughs> character with no face. And so I was like, John, I need to find some. Pl- oh, no. And the reason I wanted to get uh, to keep it somewhere is because people wanted to do a video with it back at the oh, office later right. that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, OK. So I was like trying to bring it to the van and get a hold of John. But John was like completely zonked out in the van inside of the LA Convention Center. And I could not get a hold of him. Completely passed out. Yeah. Um, but but I guess my point is that like I, I definitely kind of occupy maybe a middle ground space just from like that the Nintendo fan and someone who is you know naturally cynical of kind of anyone's reaction to something like that. Um, and and like yeah, I think a lot of like my own attachment to Nintendo stuff is definitely based on um, very good feelings that that company. Uh, gave me from 1989 till you know i graduated from college today, or whatever probably yeah. in today, a lot of ways and i try and i try to basically be professional about like how i actually interact with games but like yeah i, I get like the paper mario trailer that came out a few days ago i was like oh fucking word like this looks yeah. great like this looks, oh, it looks really so good good and it looks like to me a natural continuation of more like the thousand year door to me and that's like that's tapping directly into that well um yeah. uh, I, was, I, I do want to just reiterate yeah, oh, yeah. i i love a lot of nintendo games sure, sure, sure. i no, I, like, I, I don't hate on them like i put 150 hours or whatever it was into fire emblem three houses right. and love that game i just yeah i just especially in this line of work when people like aren't willing to like acknowledge and ask for better when they see problems oh, yeah well, it's a problem with the industry writ large that yes. any oh, yeah. sort of criticism is basically uh, considered to be this kind of like, oh, well, okay, I guess you just don't like anything you're given, huh? It's like, yeah. no, like, I can also still love this and think it's a problem, you know? Um, yeah. 
so I don't know. The, what I was going to ask both of you is, it uh, like, I guess Danielle, like, specifically, when you... Yeah. Have you turned Animal Crossing off in a while? No. Okay, so, like, <laughs> I, and I'm talking, like, physical logistics now. You put yeah. your Switch to sleep, and then you pull it back. Like, you wake it up to play it? Yes. I I, uh, I press the little power button. Right. And uh, often have to charge it, because, like, let's be real. I'm playing, like, a few hours of this a day. Okay. Uh, just Do you have like, a Switch Lite or a normal? A normal one. Okay. Yeah. And so basically... Uh, and, like... It, sorry, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no. I was just going to say, you're basically waking it up. You're not, like, booting the whole system. No, not at all. Never. Okay. So, okay. Maybe I have a theory then, <laughs> because yeah. because like I I play a few different games like on Switch like I bounce between a lot of stuff, and I, the <laughs> from the time it takes to start Animal Crossing to getting uh, control of my little character takes too long for me. Oh, I agree with that. I and, definitely agree with and that. So, yeah. And so, what a weird thing to actually be the problem for me, but like. That that's one of those things where if if my switch was now just an Animal Crossing machine, I might actually not feel the way I do about something. Uh, yeah, yeah, mine absolutely is that right now, I, and I think it's surpassed into the breach on the switch now. Wow, <laughs> nothing, nothing's gonna probably pass into the breach on my Steam account. Yeah, like, no, nothing could maybe ever, but uh, on the switch, I'm pretty sure I'm like 300 hours. Uh, with Animal Crossing and it's like 150 or so. With, That's uh, unbelievable. Into the yeah. That's I really love this game. I play it all the time as I'm doing other things, as I'm editing podcasts, yeah. as I am like doing research for other stuff. Like I, I'm pretty constantly playing it while I'm working to like give my brain a little bit of something to like focus on. That's not, here's another thing. This is a legit thing. I have like extreme OCD. I have like ex- sure. like genuinely diagnosed actual OCD, and I find this game incredibly soothing. Okay, because there's a lot of like repetitive actions I can do that are just like, like it feels like drilling in jujitsu or something. Like it's like a, a an activity I can do that's like very soothing and positive. Like I get positive results from doing stuff. Yeah, you know, like I get the pretty flowers. I'm not like looking at the charts because that's not fun for me. Like that that sort of content drill down isn't fun for me but like sort of playing it at i guess like a above you know below sorry below like surface level but not in any way like looking into spreadsheets or anything right you're not trying to dissect the systems you're just interacting with them basically i'm just sort of enjoying them on as they kind of are here like this game is sort of perfect for my ocd especially as i'm doing other tasks at work and like i've always like into the breach was that for me too like it's something i don't have to be like uh, you know, it's not an action game that I'm on top of. It's it's turn based. I can I can sit there and sit on a turn for like two hours if need be. If something else needs my like very immediate attention, point. and then otherwise kind of go back to it. So like, frankly, this game might be good for me in ways that it's not good for most people. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. 
I mean, it's not something I talk about super often, but I also have OCDs. But I also think that oh wow, we're in the we're in the cool club. I yeah, like we're, we're the intrusive <laughs> thoughts club. It's, it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a it's a fun place. Yeah, <laughs> Ugh, yeah. No, I, I think I just end up getting a lot of that kind of satisfaction from other games. I get it from sure. JRPGs, from yeah. Etrian Odysseys, from Personas, from Final Fantasy sometimes. You know, things like that. The strategy games, like you know, yeah. if you have Into the Breach. I had XCOM, right? Totally right. But yeah, is that so. is do you get and and now we're now welcome to mental we're going in mel, welcome to psychology <laughs> corner yeah um, <laughs> because it sounds like maybe Steven gets a little more out of um like number building whereas mm-hmm. like Danielle sounds a little more like task repetition I don't know if yes. that makes sense no I think that sounds yeah yeah okay that sounds yeah. about right okay. I, I love builds. I mean, I played. I could I could pull it up on Steam and tell you, but at least a thousand hours of Eve Online when I was in high school and oh, college. That's a that's a number game, huh? That is a number <laughs> game. That is like a nothing but a number game. Yeah, uh, up and down. And the thing that I used to do in that game is I didn't even play around that much with like the interweaving politics and the economies and stuff like that. What I used to do and uh, sit at was there was a there was a bunch of third party apps, but the one I used a bunch back then was called Eve HQ which was a third-party app that would basically calculate a bunch of numbers about the builds of your ships and how much damage that was self-repairing, if you had a repair module on, how much damage they were doing. And I would just try to min-max and goose out as many, like, DPS per second and as many DPS protected per second that I possibly could. Just for hours and hours and hours just like doing these highly specific builds of ships that would go into combat and like probably not even be that useful it would get an extra five percent dps or whatever like realistically (laughs) that's not going to make any difference in most of those battles that's all about things like fleet combat and sometimes lag (laughs) and other things because online is weird but you know that's what i did in that game and it's a thing that i then carried on with me into a lot of other games and look for games like that oftentimes that can provide some of similar stuff monster hunter is a game that does very much the same thing for me a lot of the time uh, uh i'm playing final fantasy 8 right now we have <laughs> we haven't talked much about all the actual games we've been playing we really went off on animal crossing no, it's but all right this is good it's that great good yeah <laughs> Um, I'm playing Final Fantasy VIII. I, I have been on such a kick from Final Fantasy uh, VII Remake because that is another game that is very build oriented or can be if you want it to be. Yeah. My, one of my one of my big problems with Final Fantasy VII Remake actually is that it doesn't give you nearly enough opportunity to play with builds and take them into interesting scenarios. Right. Um, certainly not until you beat the game and unlock this battle simulator, and that's not quite what I'm there for no, either. No, that's not a, that's not a satisfying. <laughs> no, it's not. And at the end of the day, like even though I like systems-driven games, I, that doesn't also mean I don't like stories and emergent storytelling and stuff sure. like that. And so I beat Final Fantasy VII Remake and immediately went back and played through all of Final Fantasy XII. <laughs> and then immediately went back and played through all of Final Fantasy IX. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I beat Good. that for the first time yesterday morning, one of my favorite Final Fantasy games. I had never actually beaten it. And I finally got around to doing that. I played the... I started on the Vita... Like, the PlayStation 1 Classic version on Vita. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I cannot deal with these load times. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, like game, the that game had load times, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just sits and hangs after every random encounter. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. There, there was other little things in there, too, that it was just like, um, I can't deal with this. I switched over to the Switch version, huh? And 
it's a very good version of that game, especially undocked. Yeah. Uh, because because one of the chief concerns with these remakes of Final Fantasy. Do you care if I just like start talking about Final Do Fantasy it. at this point? No, that's fine. Okay, sorry. Uh, the one of the chief things that me and you have talked about, John, yeah. a bunch with the remakes of Final Fantasy games, not Final Fantasy remake, but the actual like, like the remasters, that they right? Yeah, is that a lot of those pre-rendered backgrounds, like these hand-drawn, hand-painted backgrounds, just don't stretch out very well because they don't have the original paintings and the original assets to just re-render uh, in new resolutions. Yeah. So they just get squashed and stretched and warped and look they awful. Look muddy and kind of weird, yeah. But if you're playing on a... And then, it, well, the to kind of go off of that a little bit more, one of the problems with that ends up being the fact that the 3D character models are uprezzed. So it creates this really <laughs> weird disconnect between like this perfectly smooth, expertly shaded and textured Squall Leon Hart just standing on top of a fucking like rug that has been stepped on for too many years. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, looking shit, like looking looking Good. background. <clears throat> and if you play on a, an undocked Nintendo Switch though, the screen is so much smaller that the way lower resolution on some of those backgrounds isn't nearly as noticeable. In right. fact, actually, in the case of Final Fantasy IX, looks damn good in a lot of yeah. cases. Yeah. So it's like the perfect place to play those. And then you get things like the ability to fast forward and other things. Uh, so that was a that was a good way to experience that game, I can, think. Uh, can, I'll, I will just say, and this is getting like very uh, uh, specific about some of the Final Fantasy remasters, but like the final fantasy 7 this is so strange to me the final fantasy 7 remaster has one click uh activations of like the cheats that they added so basically you can just like click a joystick and then click like another joystick and then click them both if you want to do one of them i mostly by the way i for the record i mostly hate the cheats that they've added to these games except for the fast forward function so good it's such a great little thing it's a very good little thing and it just basically allows you to speed up the entire game um and like you know if you're if you're grinding or especially if you're grinding and i am a grinder in those games having a fast forward function is one of those things that cuts literally hours off your playtime. um but like nine for some reason you have to actually pause it and then activate Mm -hmm. it through the pause menu so like i'm actually using them i actually started playing final fantasy nine again as well Um, yes and uh even though i'm not done with my 12 playthrough but like 12 also has like a one touch fast forward thing and it's like that's i don't know just yeah i love the idea just nine's execution of it is not ideal so it's not ideal no yeah anyway Uh, not Eight also the eight remastered, which is one that they actually branded as remastered and not just like a port. Yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> that also has one one touch. Uh, it does. Fast forward. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so in, good. In um, fact, that's like the only reason I was able to. Uh, like, I think we got that code like three days before it came out. Yeah, that's the only reason I was able to get as far in that game as I did is is the fast forward function. So. Uh, I will say, yeah, the, the Final Fantasy IX port is not perfect, but no, I will s- it's not. <sighs> no, not at all. It's, like, it's not, really not at not. all. It's got some weird, like, responsiveness issues on menus and stuff. And, like, the... Yeah. And, like, the, uh, you know, the, the weird dialogue and UI stuff that they do in those up-reses, like, Square is so bad at that. It's crazy. 
Um, I got used to the font in nine pretty quickly. Yeah. Honestly, all things considered, I will say the here's the thing that some people might not know because I didn't know going into this version of 09. It was specifically why I went back to the Vita version at first was because these ports famously had these like really bad bugs. The worst of the bunch being a bug that made it so that the music of the oh, overworld, yeah. yeah, would stop and restart every time you got into a random battle. Yeah. Uh, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> So what you would end up having is, you know, this like iconic music for like the mist continent walking across this plane, like these open plains in this world. You'd hear the first 15 seconds of it. A battle would start. Then you would go back into the overworld. And then that music would start over again from the beginning over and over and over again. It's pretty weird. Yeah, (laughs) it's awful. Yeah, they did. So I didn't know this. They finally went back and fixed that after the switch version came out. Yep. Uh, which is super nice and that's like it's pretty funny that like the switch versions of these games are like literally probably the definitive place you can play all of them at this point which is really really funny like 12 is one of the things that like has features and little bits and fixes that like the other ones don't so it's like even the ps4 versions of the 12 remake don't have some of this stuff i think they might have I think I heard that they did actually eventually patch, patch those back in okay. too, but, uh, yeah, which is maybe worth back checking. I don't know, but I will tell you at some point that wasn't the case because when I was yeah. looking up like guides and stuff, there there would be like parts of the guides that would be like, well, note that this is on the Switch version, but yeah. this isn't fixed yet. Blah blah blah. So it's uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. But I'm using a liberally using a walkthrough through eight. Because Eight's one thing tough. I've discovered about yeah, it's a tough game. <laughs> Eight was the one of the PlayStation, probably PlayStation One and Two era, actually that I played. Hmm, it's probably the one of the like three D Final Fantasy games, full stop, that I have played the least of. Yeah, uh, up until this point, I had completely blacked out and forgotten what an arcane, obtuse, weird, weird. <laughs> almost hostile game Final Fantasy VIII is sometimes. Danielle, do you know yeah. anything about kind of how like the Final Fantasy VIII leveling system is kind of set up? I know almost nothing about eight mechanically okay. at all. I know the story because I think a lot of people in my circles of life love eight and they yeah. love the story and they love the characters, but I've never... I've never set my hands on it, so I don't know any of the actual so, mechanics. So, like, okay, let me set the table for you. <laughs> you have leveling, right? You get experience, yeah. and your and numbers go up, right? So that's like the most basic kind of leveling experience you could have. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy VIII has that, okay? And as kind of well, hold on, hold on. they do have that. <laughs> they do have that. Like, like I, I'm separating that from everything else. They have that system. Sure, sure. You get experience. You level up. Your levels go up to level 100. Cool. The enemies in the game scale to what level you are. So, okay. if you, you know, you could be in the overworld next to like your home base, and if you get up to level 40 at that home base there's a good chance that some enemies you face around there are going to be actually pretty tough um okay but the increments of the numbers go up for leveling are basically like i won't say negligible but like not considerable i'm I'm 
pretty sure it doesn't even do it. I think it's just 1,000 XP for every level in the game. I don't oh, think it scales. It's 1,000 XP for every level in the game. I'm saying, like, the the numbers of, like, your stats increasing for a level oh, by itself. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. basically, like, it, it's, it's not negligible, but it's not a lot, you know? So, yeah. But what you, you don't do, get much more powerful, but the enemies do get more powerful. Yes, but the enemies <laughs> yeah. do get more powerful. To counteract that, you have to basically get GFs, and that's not girlfriends, that's guardian forces. I was gonna say, I was <laughs> like, so you get Oh, I got a I got a screenshot to share in Discord for you, Danielle. Go okay. on, David oh John. Oh boy. Um, Here we go. And you basically collect GFs like they're Pokemon. <laughs> um, like like uh, we always do. Yeah. yeah. And you you basically uh, equip a, a GF. Um, good. Yeah, there good, you go. Good, good. Quist is saying yeah. GF gives us strength. The stronger the GF, the stronger we become. It's true. <laughs> um, that's, you know, it's so life. I got you. Basically, you assign a GF to a character and decide which abilities you can actually perform. And this is only, and I can't stress this enough, you can basically only do three things, but there are many different things you can do in the game. So you can assign, like, attack, magic or item but in order to use magic you have to basically steal magic yeah. from other enemies for through a system called drawing there's and no no character has an mp bar there's no mana no. in this final fantasy oh, game wow no you just okay. stock magic like it's a fucking snickers bar yeah and <laughs> it's like ammo yeah it's like ammo and not only can you use the ammo like in the battle i can use magic but you also use it to basically apply buffs to your stats through equipping these GFs. So it's like, I'm going to put 28 of my fires into strength. And then, but, but the more fires you use, the less strong you become. And it's just like, it's such a weird system that then like completely goes off the rails when you come into, there's a card game and if you yeah. if you win oh, I, the card okay. game, okay, there's something about a card game that I know. Okay, yeah. And if you win the card game, you can either keep that card or use one of your Pokemon girlfriends to <laughs> to change that card and do like fifty potions, or like wow, or you can get like a a a, a GF that has like ammo refining or like item refining, and it's just like it is. <laughs> an unbelievably complex like series of systems that this game has um i gotta look up when card capture sakura came out and see if it was huge at the time that final fantasy 8 came out because it's it's weird yeah it kind of yeah volumes 1996 i wonder because like final fantasy definitely draws from popular anime and japanese culture a lot like final fantasy 7 draws so much from evangelion which just had like blown up like three years before then right and uh the whole concept of like playing a collectible card game i mean this is also around the time that things like pokemon and digimon are maybe starting to become like nascent factors in the world and having an entire collectible card game in that game and then having the ability to transform your cards into items that you use in combat again it's like such a card capture sakura kind of thing like 
Yeah. So many big weebs. I guess they're not weebs <laughs> on the development team at Square yeah. Enix. I don't think Just you, a bunch of big I, nerds. I don't think you go to the development team of <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII weebs. I think that probably crosses a few lines. Yeah, that's a little uh, yeah. bit different. It's pretty funny. Anyway, I didn't mean to completely derail your description of this because no, it is no, no. bizarre. I, that was that. I mean, that's mainly it. But it's like it's such a. It's such a system of like limits, but also like totally like breaking the limits. And it's, it, it's Wait, really is there a thing called limit, limit breaking? Or is that not? <laughs> was that the joke? Was that a joke? Sorry, I'm this dense about Final Fantasy. No, that was stuff. a good joke. Uh, oh, okay. but, but it's like it. It is one of the strangest systems to ever hit a. I would say a mainstream role playing game. Yes. And for it to for it to have hit. The most popular Japanese role-playing game, certainly is in the West, yeah. astonishing to me. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It, like that's that's one of the things that is breaking my brain about eight in particular is because I have this memory of Final Fantasy being the most normy ass JRPG franchise. Where right. It was all just like it was all about spectacle. It was all about like we make the graphics look better because the summon animations are going to look really good. The FMV is going to look really good because that's going to appeal to the widest possible audience. Right. You know, a lot of that starts with seven. Seven is such a technical powerhouse where they, uh, I think that it was seven where they just did a trailer for that game that just showed FMV and didn't even show what the game looked like in yep. the game. Yep. Um, and it was like, okay, meant to appeal to the widest possible audience, tell some really good stories, and has some really good characters in that mix, but is fundamentally easy to understand and pick up and play. Um, you know, I haven't talked about Nine much, despite it being the game that I actually beat just now. That game has a tremendous story that I think it like ends super, super strong, and I'm so glad I finally got to see the ending yeah, me too. of it, finally. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, Kuja, underrated Final Fantasy villain. Final Fantasy IX, underrated, underrepresented Final Fantasy game in general. Yeah, it's very but, good. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll talk about that on something else in the future, I think. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, 8 is just, yeah, 8 is just bizarre. And so few of these mechanics are, like, really explained that much. The level scaling stuff is never explained. Never so, explained. Never, ever Never once. Yep. And, like, it is such a strange thing to not explain because so many of these games, you know, your Dragon Quests, your Final Fantasy 7s, your Final Fantasy 9s, especially, I would probably say 10s, any JRPG franchise, especially classic ones like this, the idea of I'm going to sit in this forest or whatever and grind a few levels before I take on the boss is such a natural thing to do it's like muscle memory and in this game it's like if you do that you're going to fuck yourself <laughs> you're going to actually yeah. make the game harder instead of easier and the game never tells you that and it's so strange to do yeah uh on top of that i think uh, eight is just kind of slightly abrasive in a couple of other ways because eight is a middle step between final fantasy 7 being a game where they are just for the first time figuring out 3d graphics and are leaning into a more chibi art style for a lot of the com or the oh not the combat the open world stuff and leaning into more of the stylized designs that you saw in the 2d games but making it 3d yeah. whereas eight is taking that same technology and trying to stretch it to its limits by making very realistic character models and cities and stuff like that and it hasn't progress to the point where you get to nine which is nine is just a downright gorgeous game in terms yeah. of like how it's designed and stuff like that it finds like they really found their footing at the end of the playstation one's life cycle yeah they eight, did. It, eight is 
Eight is ugly. Eight is ugly. It is a weird looking game. Like it, yeah. it's, there are so many screens in that game where I, I just kind of go, what am I looking at? You know, I, yeah. I, I don't really get what I'm looking at, but it's, um, I think the art design in that game is really strong and interesting, but yeah, it, a lot I think of cool the, character designs for sure. Yeah. I think that the actual, that's Squall, right. Say what? Which one? That's Squall, right? Yeah, that's Squall. Okay, okay. The famous screen of him being of uh, <laughs> Renoa, of Renoa being like, "You're the hottest guy here," or whatever. And it's just like a close-up of his face that just looks like a pixel car crash. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, the, the, the character models have been upraised here, type. so they look They've good. They've been upraised, so that basically like you can't even do that anymore, which is such a bummer. <laughs> Literally, um, there was a Square Enix's official account tweeted a joke about that. They like, did. They, I remember that. It's a pretty <laughs> good bit. Very funny. It's That's a, very good. It's a very good bit. Yeah, but uh, no, it's it's really cool. I, I I'm looking. For, so you never beat that eight? Yeah. I barely played eight growing okay. up. Like I I played. I don't even know if I, I beat the first disc. I mean, listen, I, I'm looking forward to you and I discussing the end of nine, but like, uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see how you feel about some of the places eight goes. So that'll be can, exciting. Can I say what I know about eight going into eight? Sure. Uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler for people who uh, haven't beaten this game from 1999. But, uh, I know um, the bad guy is a sorceress called Ultimecia. Uh-huh. She the only female antagonist in a Final Fantasy game? I mean, there are two other female antagonists in this game in Final Fantasy VIII that are also women. So oh, okay, I didn't know there was more than one. Yeah, uh, but, I feel, but I feel, but I feel like saying that it's like, um, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like a tweet that's like more female military. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, um, you know, it's like, yeah, but but yes, like I I think you're right. Is that that's really the first one where. I guess it's the only one, huh? I mean, fourteen is weird because fourteen just like flips between antagonists every other expansion. But um, yeah, but I guess that's the only one. Like main number, yeah. Yeah, I don't really know much about that's like, weird, one through, huh? One through six, yeah. No, it is weird. It's a thing I've been thinking about a lot coming into uh, coming off of Final Fantasy Nine, and yeah. especially now thinking about ten a lot now, and thinking right. about playing Chun Two. Uh, oh boy. Thinking about how good of a character Yuna is and the very specific yeah. reasons Yuna is such a good character. Yeah. Uh, because the Final Fantasy franchise does not always. There are really great women in Final Fantasy games, but it is they are fewer and farther between than they should be. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Let me yeah. use a way to phrase that. Uh, and the reason I think Ultimecia sticks out for me that way is just because I was just thinking about like how the characters are handled across these games and right. the fact that she i think is because it's a dude in 15 uh it's mostly dudes in 14 13 is like the villain is like a big i don't know crystal or something it, it's not even a character <laughs> but it's 12 a, it's a guy but, but 13s is still coded as like a dude though like it yeah, has like totally. a dude's voice and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, 10 is also weird gods, but also mostly du- like the representatives of that are uh, mostly a dude. Yep. Like nine is Kuja and Garland to a lesser degree. Right. Um, eight is also Mesia. Seven is Sephiroth. Yeah. I guess Genova, but Genova doesn't, no. Genova's not a character. Not really. Six is Kefka and everything before that. I have no idea. Uh, I mean, five is a dragon. Four is like a alien on the moon. Three oh, wow. is like a creature. 
two is a big two is like evil emperor Two's, isn't that literally the character's name or something yeah and then like one is like chaos so it's like okay. yeah i mean it, it's kind of all over the place but yeah no no uh women more more female females um no but yeah so the <laughs> completely off track there the things i know about final fantasy 8 so a main villain is called also ultimicia she looks a lot like uh uh mitochondria eve from parasite eve oh my uh, god that game parasite eve is a cool fucking game i just want to say that too um i yeah, know uh she shoots a dog but not like shoots a dog. <laughs> she doesn't like kill a dog with a gun. I mean, she has a gun that shoots a dog off of the gun. Well, that's Renoa that has that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about Ultimicia. I oh, just, yeah, I've yeah. just made a, a character yeah. has a thing that launches a dog like a catapult. So yeah. So Danielle, uh, Renoa, one of the characters, does have a little arm uh, crossbow, and her dog will jump onto your arm, and uh, she will shoot it like a an arrow. What if I could do that with Drake? I know. <gasps> I think we should try it. He would be the loudest and most annoying arrow <laughs> in the entire history of the universe. Uh, what, uh, the last thing I know about eight is um, aliens. There's a there's a UFO at some point. Yeah, I I won't even explain that, but yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> oh, no. Fourth thing I know. Uh, a lot of people who have played this game have a fan theory that the main character is dead for most of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. It's like, it doesn't really work, but it's really good. Mm, okay. But yeah, I, I think once you finish it, you should definitely read like one, uh, like Cam Kunselman has like a lot of really good write-ups about this game. So you should definitely like dive into that when you're done um but also yeah like the squall is dead theory stuff fucking rules like it, it's dumb and it's like it doesn't really work but like i love it a lot it's really yeah. good it's a very what do you call it uh shepherd indoctrination theory right yeah exactly yeah for mass effect um incredible all right i can move off of final fantasy i think we're getting pretty close to what we want to have we, be the end yeah i think we got a i think we got a jet soon um did you want to talk about a game, John? Because if not, nah. I've got I've got another game to talk about. If you want, otherwise, if somebody else wants to talk about a game for like let's say eight minutes, uh, sure. I, yeah, maybe maybe like another five minutes or so. I, okay. I'm good. I'm good. Like I've got um, all my games are things that like I think we should probably talk on other podcasts about. Now that I think okay. about it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mostly just had Drake. Yeah, and, and well, you know, and the Animal Crossing conversation we had for thirty-five minutes, yeah, exactly. which was very I contributed good. to that as well. You I, contributed and, uh, a lot yes, to that, yes, so. that's yeah, my, yeah, that's yeah. my contribution <laughs> in this world. Um, yeah, the, I guess the last thing I'll maybe just mark uh, remark upon rather is Valorant. Been playing yeah. a lot of that over the weekend because because uh, Nikki and Ren, our new intern, uh, shout outs to. Uh, Ren, our new intern yeah. here at fanbite.com. Yeah. We got one. Uh, they're very good. Yeah. Has They've been pulling me into this game called Valorant, which is the new first-person shooter from Riot Games, makers of League of Legends. Yeah. Uh, that's a game that we probably need to just have a whole other extra, not a full series about, but like a, just a just a episode of a podcast about. I know Nikki wants to do like a new because you guys, you and Nikki played the game ahead of time and hated it, and now. <laughs> <laughs> 
And now Nikki is like, we need to do a follow-up because he has done such a complete 180 on that game and fucking loves it now. Yeah, yeah we actually, we I mean, actually that's talked awesome. about this for yeah. about 20 minutes on West Coast yesterday. Oh, but did it's you? Like, okay. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we, we can still talk about it for a second, but like, yeah, like, Rin and Nikki and I were just talking about how, like, I had a miserable time playing this game the first time. And I just, like, I, I just, like, it took up real estate in my brain afterward for no apparent fucking reason. And Rin was trying to explain it to me as just, like, this game wants you to get better. And and I didn't mean to give Rin that voice. I just mean, like, any... any <laughs> Any, anytime like anyone says yeah. that to me that's what it yeah. sounds like it's like this game just wants you to get better it's fine and it's like <laughs> i hate that idea of like a game being like we're gonna teach you like i just don't like it as an idea but maybe they figured it out with valorant because i was like yeah because i'm like yeah i guess i i don't know i guess i do want to go back and get better at it because i fucking hate being bad at this game so. Yeah, I mean, part of the problem, too, and this is maybe something... The game is not out, out. It is in beta, it's in and beta. you can't even... Yeah, you can't even really get a code for it. You can't just, like, sign up. You have to watch uh, two hours of a Valorant stream on Twitch. Wait, a, what? Link, link your account, your Twitch account with a Riot account. Watch two hours of Valorant, and then any time after that fact you can randomly get the game to appear in your riot account after you've watched a minimum of two hours of, of valorant uh, <laughs> yeah did you not know about this danielle i i knew there was some stream element i didn't know how wild it was yeah so. it's, it's pretty wild wow yeah. Wow. Uh, so you can do what I did, which is set up all of that Twitch stuff and then turn the game down real low because you can't actually mute it. If you mute the stream, it won't count your playtime or your view time, I guess, towards your key. Uh, so turn it down as low as it'll possibly go. Find a very quiet stream. I recommend the Fextra Life uh, <laughs> Valorant stream for whenever that's available because they don't talk too much. Uh, and then boot up a game like Warframe, which just drowns out all of the sound that you would hear anyway and play that and leave the game leave the twitch stream running for 24 hours until you get a key which is what i did um uh and then i got a key and then i played a whole bunch of it with nikki and ren and uh i will say this uh, maybe this is a unique spin on it that i can put on real quick which is that uh you know lots of people are going to be playing this for a long time we're going to have lots to say about it in the future i will say right now that game while in beta and i understand that is busted as fuck in a lot of ways sometimes (laughs) Yeah. Real buggy. I'm having just fucking. I don't. I can't find anybody else with the same problem for some reason, and it only happens in Valorant, and it only happens with voice chat in Valorant. Yeah. The people on my team, their voices will just cut out. Just yeah. mid mid sentence, it is just constantly cutting out for me, but not for each other. So I'm I'm the only one on my team having this problem. Oh. Um. Yet my ping is like through the roof because I live in the Midwest and their servers are in Chicago. <laughs> and yeah. so my like my actual connection to the game is like better than everybody else on my team. I've run ping tests, I've run speed tests on my computer. Everything is working fine. Discord it works fine. Voice chat and other games works fine. But for some reason, Valorant specifically, the voice chat is constantly cutting out as if I'm losing connection. And I don't know why. Also, sometimes when I try to mouse over the friends list in that game, it just starts freaking out and um, like the friends tab just starts like sliding in and out like super super fast uh back and forth and i can't click on anything and if i try to click on anything the game what's that it's just haunted 
It is haunted. It feels fucking haunted sometimes because I'm like trying to like, no, look at it. No, you don't understand. Wait, you guys can hear each other? It's like, yeah, yeah, Steve. I don't understand what the problem is. Like, no, you're cutting in and out. It's like, no, we can all hear each other totally fine. It's like, no, it's real. Um, (laughs) Or, but yeah, this, this uh, fucking, this friends list tab thing. If I click, if I mouse over the friends list, it automatically, it's supposed to automatically, like, eject the friends list so you can see everybody, and then when you mouse off of it, it goes back in. For me, it just, like, flickers back in and out really fast, and like a piston. And if I try to click on it, the game gets very sick, uh, gets very laggy, freezes, and then crashes, and I have to restart from the beginning. Uh, lots of other things, lots, lots of, like, just in-game data not uh, populating fast enough. Lots uh, of the game just like having server issues in general here and there, where uh, we'll start a new round in that game, and everybody will just have to sit and stand next to each other, and everybody's talking, and everybody's able to look around, but your character can't move because like <laughs> the server is catching up with your game or whatever, and everybody's like, "Hold on, everybody, we can't buy guns yet because we need to wait." <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's unbelievable. But, but the, the reason I bring it up partially is because, like like you said, John, it's a game that I want to get better at as right. well. Um, it's Which I shouldn't because this game has so much Dota DNA in it yeah. that it's scary Yeah. Uh, to me personally. And that's why I uh, – big apologies to my teammates where I just, like, get massive ennui mid-match where I'm just like, well, I'm still last-ranked member of my team again. Um, still haven't gotten above lowest-ranked member of my team in a single game of Valorant. So, and, like, just feeling like a complete dead weight and feeling bad for my teammates all the time. Yeah. But – because of all these problems that I'm running into and the fact that the game is not balanced really yet and all this stuff, like, I'm just like, should I just wait to play this game and learn this game when the game is done? Like, am I just, am I doing myself a disservice right now by trying to play this unfinished version of the product when uh, if I wait till later, I won't have to break my own bones and relearn all these old lessons? I I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's wild. I mean, I definitely want to like try to give it a go, but it's still, I still have issues with it, but it definitely like, it, it definitely like grabbed a piece of my, of my mind over the weekend. And I was kind yeah. of like, okay, I guess, I guess I'm not going to uninstall this. I'm going to really try <laughs> to give it a go. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Well, we'll see about a lot of things uh, in the <laughs> week to come because I think this is going to wrap us up for another episode of Fan with the Fan by Podcast. Thank you both so much for coming in here and sitting with me today. Yeah, it yes, was fun. I feel like we all learned a lot about yeah. each other. I feel like, uh, well, I, I feel like I learn <laughs> a lot every week. I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I understand you as a person who plays video games better now than I did before. Even me too. Incredible. Me too. Yeah. I, I I mean about about you as well. Like this yeah. is very. It's a learning. It's a caring and sharing environment. Therapeutic, some might say, and that's the kind <laughs> I of. I think uh, so. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of quality you can expect from uh, most of the Fanbyte podcasts, which you can find on fanbytecom slash podcast. There are three different feeds. One is Fanbyte FM. One is this one, Fan With, and one is Fan Fight which is a podcast full of sports and good stuff like that. If you like any of these shows or this show in particular, you can go to Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever it is that you go and rate and review us because it really does help. It gooses those algorithm numbers and can bring us to more eyeballs, to more earballs for people. John, where can people find you on Twitter if they want to interact with you specifically? He's at Floppy Adult. I'm speaking for John because I think he had a meeting. Oh, okay. I thought I was just, I thought I caught him just in the uh, nick of time, but no, apparently not. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> 
But yeah, floppy adult. That's for John. I'm not John, but that's for him. Danielle, do you want to say your stuff so that you can also hop on out of here and I'll close this out? I mean, I'm okay. I, I can I can say the things. I can say, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Danielle R.I. Thanks. Uh, and I am Steven Strom on Twitter, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to be back again later this week on Thursday with another episode of You Love to See It. We have two very good episodes in the hopper already that we're going to have coming over the next two weeks. And you should definitely listen in for those. Other than that, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Woo! Bye! Bye!
beautiful.